Will you recognize that as our vision? The preferred future that God has for us, making a difference by uh, following Christ, offering hope, serving others, and loving everyone. That's what we're about. That is the very thing that God is, has called us to do. And we rejoice in that, not only for the challenge of that, but for the fact that uh, God, through the very power of His Holy Spirit, will enable us to, uh, to be the sort of uh, servants and disciples that He would have us to be, the sort of church that He, uh, he truly uh, calls us to be. They say that when it comes to sermonizing, you do well not to repeat yourself. I figure that those who preach repeat themselves all the time. We have uh, good news to tell, and it bears repeating. I had a friend in, in college who uh, got into some hot water uh, when it came to repeating himself. He, uh, he took a student appointment uh, one year, and to be quite honest with you, he was, was quite excited about it. His first Sunday in the pulpit, he offered his testimony, which included telling everyone how God had, had saved him from a life of alcohol. Everybody uh, received that testimony well. In fact, they found themselves quite inspired. Everybody uh, then uh, gathered for the next Sunday, and my good friend told the exact same story. And he did that his third Sunday, and then his fourth Sunday, and it was that following week that uh, some at the church uh, gathered around him and offered some encouragement. They, they said that you might want to talk about some, some other things. You know, when it comes to Jesus, there are a lot of things to talk about. My buddy got the message, and uh, he, uh, he went on and began to, to talk about the full story of Jesus and how Christ had affected his life as well as the life of the world. So when it comes to, to preaching, I, I try not to repeat myself, but I fully realize that there are some things that uh, bear repeating. We'll be doing some of that uh, over the next couple of months as we revisit our vision and our values, those uh, things that are just inherent to the life and ministry of this church. We last talked from the pulpit anyway about our vision and values uh, nearly three years ago. It was before the pandemic. We, we took opportunity to, uh, to really center ourselves on those things that are essential to our life together. And so now we, uh, we find ourselves uh, repeating, if you will, those same vision and values in this upcoming season. And I want to say that it's an okay thing to do that. Our vision is our call. It is the call of God as He seeks to, to bring about His preferred future for our common life together. And as I've, I've already repeated, our vision is to seek to make a difference by uh, following Christ, by offering hope, serving others, and loving everyone. Our core values form our identity as a church. They, they speak volumes about, uh, about God's work to, to form us into the people He wants us to be. 
So our core values include being Christ-centered, biblically-based, discipleship-driven, community-oriented, mission-minded, and not to be lost, family-focused. These things form the, the very identity of who we are as a people in Christ. So we begin today by talking about what it means to follow Christ and how that will make a difference not only in our lives, but in our life together as a congregation. We read today that great passage from Philippians, the third chapter, verses 7 through 14, where Paul writes about his own passion about following Christ. So let's read from uh, Philippians 3, verses 7 through 14. Hear this from God's Word. But whatever were gains to me, I consider now loss for the sake of Christ. What is more, I consider everything a loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord, for whose sake I have lost all things. I consider them garbage that I may gain Christ and be found in Him, not having a righteousness of my own that comes from the law but that which is through faith in Christ, the righteousness that comes from God on the basis of faith. I want to know Christ, yes, to know the power of His resurrection and participation in His sufferings, becoming like Him in His death, and so somehow attaining to the resurrection from the dead. Now that I have already attained not that I have already obtained all this or have already arrived at my goal, but I press on to take hold of that for which Christ took hold of me. Brothers and sisters, I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold of it, but one thing I do, forgetting what is behind and straining toward what is ahead, I press on toward the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. This is God's Word, and may it be a deep and abiding blessing to each of us, not only as we hear this Word read, but as we make effort now to take our lives and apply them to this Word. May God bless us all. The Apostle Paul had quite the resume. And he was not at all shy about sharing it. He does that just preceding what we read in Philippians 3, verses 4 4 through 6. He writes that he was circumcised on the eighth day. He considered himself a Hebrew of Hebrews. Regarding the law, he was a Pharisee. As to zeal, Paul persecuted the church. As to legalistic righteousness, he was faultless, or so he thought. All these things Paul was willing to give up. All these things and so much more, all for the sake of knowing Jesus. Paul writes, but whatever were gains to me, I now consider loss for the sake of Christ. What is more, I consider everything loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord, for whose sake 
I have lost all things. Paul gave it all up for the surpassing worth of knowing Jesus. In the world of high finance and business, it's all about profit and loss. Such things are, are tracked even to the penny. As we have come to know, life is filled with gains and losses. We experience that all the time as we make our way through life, gains and losses, to which all of us are, are constantly adjusting. Life takes, uh, takes on adjustment all the, all the time. Paul considered whatever gains he had as loss for the sake of knowing Jesus. Paul was a Christ follower, which made all the difference in his life, and as we have come to know, made all the difference to the life of the world. Even to this day, the world is different because of his resolve to give up so that Christ might be able to work through him as he sought to evangelize the entire world. It didn't matter what, uh, for, to Paul what he had given up. Christ meant all the more to him. The NIV Study Bible talks about Saul's conversion as the great reversal. I like that. The great reversal. Again, it didn't matter to him what he had given up. Christ was that important to him. Saul's encounter with, uh, with Christ on the Damascus Road was a, a part of that great reversal. So was the, the, the three years that Paul spent in the desert preparing himself for ministry. Paul's life was so revolutionized by Christ that he considered everything attached to his former life as garbage, as rubbish, as that which did need to be thrown out. No wonder Paul changed his name from Saul to Paul. He was a, a new man, a, a new person in Christ. His was a brand new life, wholly transformed by Jesus. In effect, what, what Paul did with the help of Christ was get rid of, of all the refuse in his life. He shed himself of everything that kept him from following Jesus. During my years at, at St. Paul, there was a, a fellow there that owned the, the franchise for 1-800-GOT-JUNK here in the Louisville and southern Indiana area. He, he worked hard at building that business, and then he, uh, he resolutely sold it. I guess he wanted to get out of the junk business. You know 1-800-GOT-JUNK. All you have to do is point, and off it goes. Just point, and off it goes. When it came to, to, to Paul, the, the former things of his life were gone as well. You might say that, uh, that, that Christ pointed, and Paul was of the mind, yeah, to just let it go. He had torn up his resume. That's tough for some to do. He had torn up his resume and began to work on a brand new one, one that included Jesus, first and foremost. What refuse do you need to get rid of? What stands in the way of you following Jesus as a matter of first order? 
And let's face it, there are all sorts of things in, in our lives that, that really serve as refuse. To a large extent, they get in the way, those things, and, and, and really prevent us from knowing Christ fully, from really enjoying His presence and His good work in our lives, His, His every desire to, to have a, a great reversal in, in our lives. What do you need to get rid of? What is refuse in, in your life? And you need to think about that. There are things you need to get rid of. Paul writes, I want to know Christ. Yes, to, to know the power of His resurrection and participation in His sufferings, becoming like Him in His death, and so somehow attaining to the resurrection from the dead. Paul was willing to go to the mat for Jesus, knowing that his eternal reward of being with Christ for all eternity was always the end game. Paul always had his sights set on eternity, set on heaven. Paul writes just earlier in, in Philippians 1, verse 21, for me to live is Christ, to die is gain. What a way to live. For me to live as Christ, to die as gain. Paul not only believed that, but he lived that out. I want to know Christ. How's that playing out for you? Is Christ the very passion of your life, the very thing that is of, of first order? Is Christ standing preeminent? in your life and over your life? Is Christ the very one uh, that, that you allow to direct your life? Are you open to His love at every turn? I want to know Christ, said Paul. How's that playing out for you? Are you able to stand with Paul and say, I want to know Christ? There's no doubt that, that Paul was a sports fan. It wasn't a religion for him like it is for some these days. But Paul sure likes sports, and in particular, track and field. Paul uses way too many images uh, from, from track for us to think otherwise. And he uses uh, one of those in, in our passage for today. He writes, not that I've already obtained this or have already arrived at my goal, but I press on. I press on to take hold of that for which Christ took hold of me. The image here is of a runner that is straining for the finish line. Every bit of energy is used to get across the finish line. I, uh, I was inspired, and I hope that you were, by the recent uh, World Track and Field Championships. I found myself uh, really taken by just how, how disciplined and, and dedicate, dedicated those uh, who participated uh, were when it came to their, to their running or their jumping or pole vaulting or whatever, whatever it was. Paul was like that when it came to his, uh, his relationship with Christ. When it came to his relationship with Jesus, Paul displayed an undying discipline and a deep dedication. He would not be denied when it came to following Jesus. 
We, um, we've all been, been challenged by some, some questions today uh, about refuse, about uh, how it's working out in, in our every desire to know Jesus. How about a couple of other questions? When it comes to your relationship with Him, how is undying discipline and deep dedication playing out for you? Are you just shuffling along when it comes to spiritual things, or are you resolute in pursuing them? And pointedly, are you resolute in pursuing Christ? It all comes down to what you consider to be important. You, you've heard me uh, share these questions before. They are the same questions that are, that are asked right out of the gate at the beginning of the Emmaus Walk. How do you spend your time? How do you spend your money? These uh, two things go a, a long way toward helping to define what we really do consider important. As I've mentioned so often, you and I are drawn in, in, in so many ways. And I share that because I, I know that for my own life, and I know that you join me in that. We, we are, are, are pulled in, a, in what seems like a, a million different directions. I love the story told of the, of the fellow caught on video. In fact, it was posted on Instagram. That fellow was uh, out on a boat, uh, and, and all was going on around him. He's looking at his cell phone when, when just behind him a humpback whale comes out of the, the water. The whole thing passes fellow by because he continued to, to be fixated on his cell phone. The man was there to watch for the whales, but his attention was on other things. He had missed what he set out to do. And I think that's, uh, that's an important image for us to have because it certainly relates to the whole of our lives. We focus on so many things that matter little when truly important things pass us by. Notwithstanding, the grand opportunity to be rightly related to our Lord in writing to the Philippian church, Paul was transparent in admitting that he had a, a way to, to go with all of this, and don't we all? Now, pointedly, Paul's talking about, I've, I've got a ways to go before, before heaven. He at, least, uh, he at least had that in heart and mind. But I think Paul is also admitting that he's got a way to go when it, when it comes to, to really having uh, uh, his life uh, perfectly communed with God. Let's face it, we all have a ways to go when it comes to truly following Jesus. There will be missteps along the way. There will be stops and starts. There, there will even be some outright failures. It just comes along with us being human and us seeking after the divine. Christ, though, wants us to, to carry on. For Paul, his goal was Christ's goal for him. And the very same thing is true for us. Our goal in life 
needs to be Christ's goal for us. Paul writes, not that I have already obtained this or have already arrived at my goal, but I press on to take hold of that for which Christ took hold of me. Brothers and sisters, I I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold of it, but one thing I do, forgetting what is behind and straining toward what is ahead, I press on toward the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. Ours is to follow Jesus day by day, all with an eye toward heaven. You see, when we, uh, when we keep an eye toward heaven, the journey of this life seems to be so much more doable. It's just that way. The heaviness of life begins to be lifted when our eye is toward heaven. We find ourselves truly making a difference because of the eternal truth of of Christ's death and resurrection being played out in our lives. It is always good, always good to keep an eye toward our final reward. I ran a race some, some years ago while visiting some friends it was not a big race. There were just, uh, you know, it was a pretty good knot of people, but not the sort of race where there are thousands and thousands of people running. I remember uh, just before the race uh, was to start, a couple of guys uh, got out of their car and prepared to run. It was clear that these guys were from, from Africa, and they were as fit as a fiddle. They were there for the prize money. And there was a little bit of prize money for those who, who finished uh, in, in, in the first, second, and, and third. They were there for the prize money, and they, they just knew without, without any doubt that they were going to claim it. They would not be denied. And they kept their eye on the prize, and I'm quick to tell you that they won it. I was way behind them. Cheryl ran in the old uh, ham half marathon a few weeks back. I think it was in the middle of June. And she won her age group. She was the only one in her age group, but she won it. She finished that race with great aplomb. And her prize was a hand. And we all enjoyed the hand. You know, I was excited to hear, really excited to hear about the the boys over at North Oldham winning the state four by 400 relay. That is a really, really big deal. That's a tough race. I, I will often sit with my mom just up the street at the, at the Beehive. She just loves sitting on the front porch, kind of watching the traffic go by. And at certain uh, times during the year, we look out across the street, across 42, onto the track. And I see some of those kids training. Big deal, big deal. They have a deep desire to stay at it. They are disciplined in what they do, and they are over the top when it comes to their dedication. May the same be said of us when it comes to following Jesus. Then and only then will we find ourselves making a difference, all of us individually, and certainly as a church, 
when we find ourselves coming together as a body. May God bless us all. Let's pray together. God, thank you uh, for your deep and abiding blessings. And we do thank you for Jesus. We thank you for this uh, author and perfecter of our faith. It is our desire to know Christ. Lord, we pray that uh, in the power of your Holy Spirit that you uh, form our, our hearts such that we would be ready to receive Jesus. Empower our lives, we pray, to follow him with all that we are. Lord, we, uh, we offer ourselves to you through Christ. We are thankful for this great gift that you offer in him. So, Lord, we pray that you would uh, light in us a deep desire and passion to follow Jesus. We pray that we find ourselves disciplined in following after him, and then that in the end that we are wholly dedicated to giving our lives each and every day to this one that you have sent, offering salvation not only to, to each of us, but to the entire world. This prayer we make in the name of Christ Jesus, our Lord. Amen.